it's a good idea. (laughs) 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 This is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Creative Double Shot. Welcome. Today, we are digging into ideas and all that that entails. So this is going to be like a six-hour episode. Be cool. <laughs> Where do they come from? How do you nurture them? You know, all that kind of stuff. What kind of things you can put to work in service of them? I don't know. Yeah. We were sitting this morning looking at the bookshelf and just thinking, oh my gosh, all those books our ideas Mm. and contain multitudes of ideas, which is kind of neat. I think as a creative, that's always the challenge is I want really interesting ideas. I want them to be amazing. And inevitably, it seems like when we start out, they're not. It's like you have a seed of an idea. But to use a garden metaphor, you must nurture it and water it and see it grow and prune it. This is not the garden podcast, but it could be. Uh, And it could have been. It could have been. Art Garden. Go back to episode one. You'll see. Um, (laughs) Never mind that. Anyway, it's just a fascinating thing because there's this idea (laughs) that a project or, you know, in my case, a novel, a story, or in your case, maybe a particular painting or a series is this big idea. There's a big idea behind it. And sometimes there is, but... Usually there's more to it than that. It's this seed of an idea that then you kind of work through to get to a point where how you want to carry it forward solidifies. And it doesn't usually happen like, well, I woke up, I had this idea, I journaled about it, I started a painting, and now I know exactly where I'm headed. And it kind of goes into that idea of the process versus having ideas coming fully formed out of your head or projects coming fully formed from your head to the canvas or, or however. And so just kind of wants to dig into that a little bit and uh, maybe talk about some of our processes and some of the things that we've noticed over time, how ideas come to be for us. And ideally, if you're listening, you'll find some things that, you know. Resonate. Yeah. I think it's interesting because one of our most popular episodes was the myth of the true creative. Yeah. And... For me, what I chased for a really long time were these amazing, where you mentioned just a minute ago, amazing ideas. We see famous writers, artists, performers doing these things in front of us that seem so much better than anything we might be able to come up with. Right. So we're seeing this finished product that is the result of all of the stuff we're going to talk about today. Yeah. We, we get the we performance, not the rehearsals yeah, and all exactly. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that's, and we've touched on it before, I think that it's just good to remind ourselves of that and to not be discouraged when, because it, it's easy to do, when you're moving forward and you do like another round, for me, be revisions, and then you read it again and you're like, oh, it's mm. still not what I thought it was. But knowing that as you carry on, if you have an idea of where you want it to be, that's your guidepost. And so even if your next two or three or 10 versions of it aren't where you want it to be, ideally you'll see some sort of progression toward what you want it to be. For me, that's enough hope. I had an interesting experience this week because I, a dear friend came to visit the studio. Oh, so yes. I was showing her 
the iterations of this mm-hmm. series that I've been working on. And again, in my mind, I haven't done very much with it. I've been working on it since September, and, you know, I've done a few paintings. But what I'm thinking of are only the ones I've done really recently, like within the last two oh, yeah. weeks or something. So I was going back through sketchbooks, you know, showing her, and then I have a whole wall full of them. And I realized, wow, I've done a lot with this. And I was able to see the point at which I was really following an idea, and then I abruptly stopped following that idea and started going with another Uh. one. And looking back over it, it's like, wait a minute, there are some things in those first ones that I really want to get back to. And I think about this whole pattern through my whole painting life of getting on to something that really excites me. And then somehow I just stop doing it and I leave it behind. And and a lot of times someone has bought a piece in that series. So I'll go to their house and go, oh, my gosh, yeah, why didn't I do more more of of those So I'm really interested in ideas, and I'm trying to get to the point where I'm just okay with, because I have a regret phobia, I will admit that. Of regretting. I have, uh, yeah, and so I, well, that's, uh, there's a lot to unpack right there, but I'm thinking of, there's a lot of times when I go, gosh, I really regret that I didn't Ah. do more of those. Why don't I celebrate what I have done? Yeah. You know, why don't I be okay with, yeah, maybe I've skipped around a little bit. And you can always go back. It's not like once you, I've shut the door on this series forever, (laughs) which is interesting too, right? Because when you are no longer interested in the idea that got you there, that's probably a good sign that it's time to move on. And maybe it's only through the lens of hindsight that you see these things and you rediscover them anew and maybe there's... Now you're at a place where you can recapture the spark of that idea Mm -hmm. and maybe dig into that again, because that's the other thing too. Like we do a lot of door shutting. Well, I'm done with that. I I don't, I don't want to work on that anymore. And that's okay, but maybe we should not lock the door or brick it over, you know, like just leave those available to us. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Because the things that kind of get you stopped are either discouragement because it's not turning out the way you want or the idea that, well... I'm missing out on some other thing that I'm not doing right now. And so I'm going to abandon this because there's something else I want to do. And I think this series that you're working on now has been really cool because you've allowed yourself to just be in it versus like not, you're not getting ready for a show. You're just really exploring it with different mediums, different compositions, different color palettes. Mm -hmm. And I think that sounds fantastic because you're not limiting yourself within this particular series. And so you're really exploring it. And I think that's when you're going to probably be able to f- take your idea and see it fully formed at some point, or as fully formed as it can be, but as opposed to like, well, I did 10 of these and I don't like them, so I'm going to move on. Whereas you're giving yourself the opportunity to make it as good as you think it can be. Yeah. That whole approach is something I feel like goes back to the process, right? It's more about the process even though you're working toward a fully realized idea, is that that's where the work is. So you might as well enjoy it and enjoy the struggles and enjoy those things. Because again, ideas, it takes time to cultivate them. So you can't just be like, well, that idea sucked, as opposed to like, (laughs) well, maybe the idea in and of itself is cliche. That's always a classic one, right? Like you have this idea and it's informed by maybe some shows you're watching or books you're reading. And then you're like, oh, this is just that. But if you're really excited about it, it probably bears 
exploring. And however you decide to do that, whether it's uh, writing scenes or just doing a bunch of sketches or journaling about it or talking to someone about it, because that's the kind of stuff that as the more you give over to your mind to contemplate it, the more your, your mind, especially your subconscious, is going to help you out to allow it to sort of simmer a little bit back there, you know, especially when you're not actively working toward that idea. Exactly, because I feel like my inner critic ends up shutting things down because it goes, what is your idea anyway? Like I lose my threads so easily (laughs) if I have a particularly busy week. So I love this idea of it's okay. Like the it's still part of the process. You don't have to have a death grip on the fully formed idea all the time. Yeah, in fact, I would argue that most people that would don't. Again, we have these popular images, movies, stories about these amazing creative geniuses that they're driven and they have this one thing and they're just, they waste away in pursuit of this thing and it's, it's romantic and it's tragic and, well, and screw that because, <laughs> you know, I, I want to enjoy my life and enjoy my creative practice. Yeah. I think it's that iteration part that I've seen this in my writing practice where my first novel that I wrote, I, I went through seven drafts and I know it can still be better in, in the way that I want it to be better, not whether people are going to receive it better. But I remember those early drafts and how much things seem like a really good idea. And then when you read them after taking a little time away, like, well, that doesn't make any sense. That scene doesn't, I don't even need that. So, and then you chop a whole bunch off. So you prune it and then you have, still have sort of the seed of an idea, but it's a little more fully formed. And then you work through it again. And the other thing about, you know, I was talking about the big idea earlier is that really most of our artwork is, I was thinking of like a transformer. It's like, it's all these little ideas that kind of come together to form the big idea and vice versa, maybe, you know, like if you have a big idea, it's like, oh, well, what kind of things can I bring in that are in service of that? I'm thinking in writing, you know, you have character, you have setting, you have story, you have theme, you have all kinds of things, conflict that you can bring to it. And I find it very difficult to work on all those at once. So for me, initially, it's like, well, let me just get the story line down in a way that I, you know, I like the trajectory. And as I do that, it's cool because then pieces of characters start coming to the fore, depending on how they interact with each other or in particular situations. And then that changes everything. It's like, well, right. Well, then if this happens, if this relationship is different than I originally imagined it, or if it was a relationship I didn't even know, like here's a character that showed up in draft three. Right. <laughs> um, but it's this continual like churning and, mo- you know, now we're doing butter metaphors. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's just, it's this slow burn. I would submit that the things that we see and love go through, most of them are probably going through that process because our minds can't hold that much stuff in fully formed fashion all at once. And so you kind of need to be adding these layers. And I assume the thing, same thing goes with visual art too, where you like, okay, I'm going to work toward this, but first I need some base layers. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take stuff out. I'm going to cover it over. And eventually you wind up with something that you're satisfied with. And for you, it's kind of cool because you get to see your drafts. Yeah. You, you can put them right next to each other where I'm like, oh, I don't remember. I don't want to read that draft again or, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's a blessing. I mean, it's both. Blessing and a and curse. And a curse. <laughs> yes. Because you can see, I can see, okay, I see what I was trying to do there, but 
how did I get that? Like, I want to do that part again, but I'm not sure how I did it. <laughs> well, that's interesting too, because I, I was thinking how technique interplays with ideas, right? Because that's the other part of it. It's like you have an idea, but maybe your technique isn't up to realizing that idea. And that can create some things too, where it's like, oh, I need to work on this technique. And so- Right. So that sort of stops the idea process for a minute while you really work on process process. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and while you're doing that, that gives your subconscious time to work on the idea yeah. while you're busy doing mechanical stuff. And also you might discover as you're working on your technique that that opens up some more things to you that can also apply to your idea or ideas. And uh, it, it reminds me like thinking of, about the universe and just how complex it really is. And, you know, you can focus on, oh, I'm going to focus on this nebula or this galaxy. And then it's like, but wait, there's this whole infinite universe. And I feel like ideas kind of have that same sort of vibe if you're willing to kind of yeah. look at it deeply. Well, I'm really interested in the notions of what I have felt like I should be over the years. Like, especially I think in terms of marketing, you need to have a niche. You need to do one thing really well. Right, right. And the fact is, I know now that I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to do one thing. I've never done one thing over and over. And yet, I have a style that I'm told is recognizable. So, I mean, there are certain hallmarks that I've come back to. I keep coming back to this idea that it's a process of being okay with myself and my ideas. And not always thinking that I need to be reaching towards something different. For me, it goes back to, well, there's so much I want to do. and I'm afraid that if I spend too much time on this, I'm not going to have enough time for that. But the reality is, is that the product is always there, but it's not the product that is why we're doing this in the first place. So if you spend 10 years on one series or you spend 10 years on 20 things, it doesn't really matter so long as the time you're spending doing that is fulfilling to you. Yes. From a writer's standpoint, like I would rather write one really, really good book in my estimation than write 10 books that are like, ah, they're okay, but people seem to like them and they sell. I mean, I like money, don't get me wrong. But <laughs> for me, there's no point in doing this unless it's meaningful to me. And I don't want to make widgets. I can get a day job mm -hmm. and make widgets if I want to. And so keeping that in mind is, is helpful for giving myself time to cultivate ideas and let them breathe. You know, I think my first novel, I spent probably seven years on it after all was said and done. And I don't regret that. And I'd like to be able to do it more quickly. But I also don't want to rush because I feel like I need to get it to market. And so letting those ideas breathe, I think, is going to result in the best work that I can possibly produce. And you are sitting here talking about seven years. And I have been working on this series for less than seven months. And already I'm like, mm, that might be too much time. And yet I want to. It's okay to take a, a break here and there. You know, some days I haven't been getting into the studio. Well, sure. And then I tend to sometimes beat myself up about that. And yet living your life is also an important part of your creative practice. Yeah. And if you can find that same joy in the everyday that you find in your creative practice, which I think is very doable. You know, mm. I think of those moments of grace or whatever, where you're, you know, sitting, having your morning coffee, watching the birds, watching the cat take its bath and enjoying those as fully as you enjoy your, those, those moments of your creative practice. It doesn't matter because again, your subconscious will be working anyway. One thing I wanted to ask you though, was um, when you say, oh, you know, I've been working on this for seven months, you know, maybe it's enough. 
when you say that, is that because you feel like there are other things you want to do? Or is it that you feel like you've exhausted everything with this at the moment? It's absolutely market-driven. Oh, yeah. Because I have a show coming up in June, so I think to myself, should I be switching gears now and actually making product? Well, you are always making product, which is the <laughs> hilarious thing. I don't know. You know, I, I, I hear you. And I think of, uh, and this is, this is a conversation for not on, on air, but I'm thinking about uh, you have a lot of product already in your inventory that you can take with you. You have enough to, to do a whole show which is really cool. And you, you know, you're in your mind, you're like, oh, well, people saw that last year. And the reality is only like a slice of people really probably ingested what you created and took the time. Yeah. And so it's going to be new to people who, oh, this is beautiful. Were you here last year? And you're like, oh yeah, I was here. And like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I missed this. And then the other part is there's no reason you can't take some of these pieces or all of these pieces. I've seen plenty of artists at these shows who have a single motif of their painting. I think of the bookshelf guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're fine, you know, because ultimately you're not going to get rich at the show. You know, you might do okay or better or worse or whatever, but the show's going to come and go and then you still have your, your practice anyway. So yeah. I think it's, uh, it's interesting that we think of it in this sort of weird duality of like, well, there's my creative practice, but then there's my stuff I have to sell. It's like, well, those. They should be together. They, they should be. And you should be, you should love your work enough that you're okay with displaying that without the the loading of the needing to sell it on top of it, right? It's like, I really love this work and I'm just so excited for it to be out here. And honestly, if you want to know the truth, I don't want to sell any of these right now. Well, then that's okay too. I mean, it, it is as for you. So it's interesting. We're, you know, we're, we're hitting some common themes that we, we hit in terms of like your creative practice versus your business and all that kind of stuff. Bringing it back to ideas. I mean, if that's I feel like that's like the main currency that we should be dealing in anyway, because mm-hmm. that's what makes it interesting and keeps it fun for us to, uh, to do our creative practices. And um, I think everything else is somewhat ancillary. You have your library job now. Yes. And so there's hopefully some weight off of your Absolutely. need to sell art. And imagine if you could go to a show with whatever you want to go to the show with and just be like, if I don't sell anything, it's okay. Yeah. You know, the one thing that I've been coming back to more and more over the last year kind of since we've been doing this podcast, is if I'm feeling stale or I'm feeling uninspired, then that becomes my focus. Like, okay, well, let's look at this again. Let's write about this. Let's rediscover that spark because that's the thing that's going to carry me through anyway. And if it's not fun, then I don't want to do it. Or interesting. I I would say, you know, fun slash interesting. It doesn't always have to be like, oh, hey. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's amazing, but it does have to be interesting. It has to be Engaging, yes, yeah, right. 100%. And I it's think it's such a good compass point. Yeah, because if you're not interested, who the hell else is going to be? And so, by recentering on what's interesting, usually helps me uncover additional things that I can layer onto my existing ideas or things that I might want to change about it because it requires exploration. And that exploration is open ended. Ultimately, that open endedness is very human. Because nothing is cut and dried, nothing, there aren't these black and white things, everything's messy. I think that's the place where things get interesting mm-hmm. because you can have these contradictory ideas that we hold in our heads about ourselves, about the world. And at least from the writer's standpoint, exploring that through character is fascinating. Going beyond just like, well, what, what do they want? What's their motivation? As opposed to like, okay, this is actually a real person. If you put someone in a situation that's particularly stressful, 
they're going to have all their stuff coming to bear, their emotional ball of twine coming mm -hmm. to bear on that situation. And it's complex. It's not just like, well, I really want to, you know, be a millionaire. And so everything I do is, you know, shooting me toward being a millionaire. And then you, you have these sort of weird caricatures right. as opposed to people. And I know that's sort of deviating off the, I, it, it's, it, <laughs> well, character study is really interesting in light of ourselves yeah. because those characters that we read aren't just coming from one idea. They're like this mix of ideas and showing the complexity of our humanity in, in these stories that I'm trying That's to write. That's what resonates, yeah. yeah. That's, those are the characters that we remember yeah. when we read. So if you find yourself in the doldrums, trying to rediscover that spark of your original idea and trying to explore that, whatever your medium is, in, in ways, I'm trying to think like if you're a potter, you know, maybe you look at different glazes or you look at different forms or things along those lines. Um, or if you're a visual artist, you can look at form and composition and palettes and textures, textures, mm. uh, different media, uh, your surface. surface. Yes, yeah. That's what was, yeah. Support also another word for that. Yes. Your support, as I like to say, never. <laughs> that's the cool part is that if you find yourself thinking your ideas are mundane or stale, you have all these little facets that you can explore to jumpstart things or to provide additional perspective or to create that open-endedness that sometimes we can find ourselves in like a blind alley or a dead end. Yeah. So do that. That's good. Lots of little facets. Get out there, explore them, and uh, we'll leave you with that today. That's a good idea. Ha <laughs> 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 I agree. So go forth and ideate, <laughs> and we'll see you next time on the Creative Double Shot.